we're rolling now. Oh. I'm going to count us down. Yeah. Three. It's two. Time for. You're listening to Missing Out with Lex Michael and Tari J. Let's start the show. Hey, guys. Welcome back to Missing Out. I'm Tari J. I'm Lex Michael. And this, if you haven't heard, what we do here is we introduce each other to different media, whether it is movies, music, television, spoken word, books, contemporary media as a concept, or the concept of death. I don't know. It's a bunch of stuff that we introduce each other to. We talk about how it's built us up as people, and we hope that it builds you up as the audience listening to this program. One could call us the retrospective that's introspective. I like it. Yeah, me too. Uh, So today, speaking of death, uh, Lex Michael brought in a wonderful album. Uh, Today we're going to be talking about the 1988 album by King Diamond called Them. Mm -hmm. It is the third album in his slate, a long slate uh, that came shortly after Abigail, which is one of his most renowned albums. Mm -hmm. Um, And then Fatal Portrait before that. Oh, yeah. Um, And then before that, he was lead singer of uh, Merciful Fate. Yeah. Um, so that's, uh, yeah, so that's King Diamond. If you haven't heard of him, he has a very, he's a very prolific, uh, creator of media. Um, and so I, I just, I have to ask Lex Michael, yeah. why is it you decided to share this piece of media with me? Cause it's metal as fuck. <laughs> that's true. Um, it is, it is very metal. Um, how did you find this? Okay, so I was, um, I, I forget now, 15 or 16 probably, when Clerks 2 came out, uh, written and directed by Kevin Smith. And on that soundtrack, there are two King Diamond tracks from this album. Uh, two on the soundtrack, I think only one is used in the movie, but they play uh, uh, Welcome Home. When they like uh, when the new and improved Jay and Silent Bob are introduced pretty early in the movie. Okay. So I heard the couple of songs in the soundtrack, and when I, when I listened to Welcome Home, I was like, Oh my god! Like this dude's like thrashing super hard. This is like crazy metal. I'm like feeling myself like throw my fists above my head, and I'm like, Rah! like kind of like rage into it. And then I had this moment where I'm like, Wait a second! Is this dude wailing about his grandma? <laughs> What's up with that? That's not usually considered to be a super metal subject matter. Uh, I don't know. Grandmas are pretty metal, you know. They they raise children, and then those children raise other children. That's pretty fucking metal. That takes a lot of skill and consideration, sure, and decision making. Yeah, hella metal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yes, super super metal, super metal. But but metal. Uh, when I think metal, I don't know about you. When I think metal, I think like winged demons with forked tongues and like fire and like you know just shit, real fucked up shit, and like just like bloodletting and whatnot. So you know, it's like this dude's, this dude's singing about his grandma. I'm fascinated by the juxtaposition of elements because he's just he's talking to his grandma a lot. Yeah, this guy like like a lot. It's just it's not like a passing reference to like, to, <laughs> but no, like it's, this is, seems to be the central subject matter. So I was I was intrigued. So then I sort of followed that to the full album and i learned about this dude uh this dude king diamond who was an avowed 
Satanist um, who fronts this band. Uh, and he, I guess the genre is called like black metal or speed metal. And it sounds to me like music from, remember the F-Zero games? Um, like Captain Falcon from Super Smash? Yeah. Uh, the games, the racing games he's from, F-Zero, a lot of the music sounds like that. Like if you played the Super Smash Brothers games, uh, all of his sort of stages, the guitar, like the wailing riffs sound a lot like the music on a King Diamond album. And so that just had, it had like a, a purchase in my ear very quickly. Yeah. And then I sort of discovered what he, what he would do is like he would create these, these concept albums. He would tell these stories, like one big story beginning to end that's what a concept album is um <laughs> sometimes but these like really crazy super macabre story like horror stories yeah um and so i fell into this album because this was the album that i had you know kind of a direct line to from hearing those two songs kind of spinning that soundtrack uh, yeah so many times um and yeah i fell into this story and that's I've, I've listened to more king diamond since then but i keep coming back to this album i finally purchased this album on vinyl finally um because it's just so something about it now i've internalized the entire thing and i just find it to be so fucked up you know what i mean like we've talked on the show about how i respond really uh viscerally yeah. and almost primally to just extremity in uh, as far as content in the media i consume not because i think such things are necessarily to be um uh oh what's the word uh, aspired to or uh Shit, what's the word I'm thinking of? Emulated. There we oh, go. Got it. That's the one. Not yeah. to think that such things are to be emulated, but uh, something about it I just find endlessly entertaining. Taking a concept, something dark, as far as it can possibly go in a really sort of jarring, disturbed, like fundamentally, primally disturbing way. Yeah. Um, and in that sense, I respond, I continue to respond to this album uh, pretty, pretty deeply. Interesting. So uh, if, if you haven't listened to the album, uh, the concept is essentially this. And I'm going to go through the story from beginning to end. Oh, let's do it. Um, basically, there is King, his sister, Missy, and his mother. And they're in this house. They're waiting for their grandma to return. Their grandma comes back. Yeah, the grandma's been incarcerated in an asylum for uh, a long time. I, I forget if we if we hit exactly how many years she's been gone, but she's yeah. been gone for a long time, locked up in this in this madhouse. Yeah, and nobody likes her. Like the one of the first lines you get about this lady is blah blah blah. That old bitch. Um, well, those would be the voices, right? That'd be them. I thought it was uh, King and and Missy at the beginning. No, I think I think it's it, it could is it? I think so. I don't I don't um cuz they're they're not fond of the old lady. No, uh it's it's totally the demons cuz the demons uh have that exchange where they're talking about how uh ridiculous it is that she's in the wheelchair and how like she's faking it. Um but she does make a good cup of tea. Ah, uh, okay. Cuz they're all about that sweet sweet demon. Oh, tea. hell yeah. So yeah, once once grandma returns, she like starts hanging out in the attic, making tea, talking to nobody, and then uh King comes in and he's like, "Yo, what's going on?" And she's like, "This ain't for you." <laughs> uh but then after a while, she's like, "Yo, yo, yo, come in. We're going to drink some tea together." But the tea involves them bleeding uh King's mom yeah. in order to get to the, the the demon other side. It's like a it's like a drug and like a uh, psychedelic drug using this tea and they commune with demons and all that stuff. And then at a certain point, like Missy, the sister is like, yo, 
I don't think we should be doing this. This is bad. Mom's dying. And then the demons are like, yo, this bitch trying to encringe upon our good times. And then they attempt to chop her up. And then King's like, yo, man, in a moment of clarity, he's like, yo, 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 I got to get outside, clear my head. But in the time that he's outside, the demons chop up Missy, throw her in the fireplace. And then he's like, fuck. So he lures the grandma outside. And then he's like, yo, I can't let you do this anymore. And he slits her throat. And, he, and he's like, I'm going to leave this house. But he gets arrested. And then they're like, hey, bro you kill everybody and he's like i can't tell them about the demons and then uh they're like this guy's crazy he's talking about demons and then he gets goes to jail he gets out of jail and then from there um he goes back to the house and the demons are like yo we we forgive you we we just want you to come back and he's like never and then the grandma's like i know you killed me but you can come back and i forgive you and he's like maybe and that's the end of the album. <laughs> uh, yeah, sort of. <laughs> I feel like I nailed it. You got. I mean, that was a pretty solid overview, <laughs> I guess. Right? Like that is what it. What happens? Yeah. Um, so I mean, I I feel like uh, as from a from a concept album standpoint, it's 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 an inter- entertaining concept. Um, it gets really dark, especially once you get to the like killing of Missy and, and like even leading up because he, he goes into high detail about like his mom losing complexion and like, right. Like as they're bleeding her. Yeah. Because they're, they, they bleed her when they are making their tea, when grandmother's making the tea, because I guess she uses the tea to summon this, the, the spirits like Ammon who like they, they live in the house of Ammon, right? And Ammon, I looked up, what Amon is in demonology and uh essentially uh he's a, a marquis of hell who governs 40 infernal legions but check this out all right i found this found this fascinating okay uh so all right it's on it's on wikipedia it's on Amon's wikipedia page <laughs> uh the seventh spirit is Amon. he is uh great in power and most stern he appeareth like a wolf with a serpent's tail vomiting out of his mouth flames of fire but at the command of the magician he putteth on the shape of a man with dog's teeth beset in a head like a raven or else like a man with a raven's head simply he telleth all things past and to come he procureth feuds and reconcilieth controversies controversies between friends he governeth 40 legions of spirits Ooh. this is Amon this is Amon I guess the demonic presence who has taken residence in the in the teapot okay and all of these spirits are sort of little acolytes of amon yeah so he's just like hanging out in that teapot and then every so often people are like yo what's what's our orders amon can, can i actually speak of amon there's this moment in i think it's um i want to say it is tea um, yes, and tea is when uh, grandmother invites King into her room. They have tea time, and he sees, you know, he had seen the night before in Invisible Guests all of the teapots sort of rising and floating in the air. It's like, what the shit's going on? There's a crazy fucking demonic tea party happening in my house. I want to go to demon tea and shit. Yeah. And so grandma invites him in and starts to tell him about the secrets of the house and about how we make the special tea to summon the demons and whatnot. And they start bleeding the mom because you have, that's where you got to get blood from. And I guess like Missy was too young, which they, she alludes to later. Mm -hmm. Um, 
but they bleed the mom into the tea. They summon the demons and the demons like tell their stories and they laugh and King becomes so intoxicated. Like he becomes this interest. He's like, he gets drunk and he gets high just off of the presence of these demons so much so that he sort of, he loses his connection to the world under the sway of his, of his grandmother and her demon cohorts that he stops even caring that they're literally bleeding his mom to death to summon demon shit's fucked up. Yeah. Um, there's this line in that song where he's like, where the grandma's explaining and she's like, this is a mon. That's what we call this house. Yeah. And it's just, I'm just like, I like that exposition. Cause it's just like, that's in That's an invisible guess. Is it? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it makes me laugh. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm still like getting adjusted to which songs are, cause like, it is a very unbroken narrative. Like it, like usually in concept albums, there's a lot more like I. F- I feel like I'm a lot. I'm more used to um, you having to kind of like pull st- threads together and be like, oh, this is this and this is. But he's like, no, this is this is my story. It's like he wrote out like a a, a prose narrative, and then his uh, and then he's like. Bring in some music. And then uh, he's like, I want to do this over your tunes. <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah. <laughs> that sounds about right. Um, I mean, speaking of the music, or speaking, actually, no, speaking of the prose. Yeah. Um, I, have you listened to other King Diamond? Uh, yeah, nowhere near as extensively. Okay. Um, uh are are all I guess are the albums you heard also kind of tone told in a like a single unbroken narrative in terms of like from start to end you get um, a full story or do they become like pieces? yeah well like I know I know Abigail's like that and I know there's okay. a follow up his follow up album to this one is called Conspiracy I believe and it's a direct sequel where uh, I think King is back at the house, I, I believe. I'm way less familiar with Conspiracy. Yeah. But I think the primary antagonists are um, his mother and uh, Dr. Landau. Dr. Landau! From the <laughs> from Twilight <laughs> Symphony, the uh-huh. doctor who's like interrogating him at the end. Yeah. Um, as, they, as they essentially try and break him down for their own uh, purposes. But I believe okay. at the end, I think at the end, uh, King dies i think maybe they like kill him somehow and he threatens to uh uh haunt them and and torment them from beyond the grave okay but again like yes uh i believe both like his his kind of shtick is i think he that's his that's his jam yeah i wonder like it almost feels like king diamond wanted to be a horror writer but was also like I'm a famous musician i might as well do both (laughs) um i can't I can't be. I can't. Talk, I can't talk about King Diamond without doing a King Diamond impression. It's great because dude. I just. He's he's he's. I, I like. I get the appeal of him as a as a like a just even just as a person because he see like I've, I've I've watched a bunch of interviews with him. He just talks like a normal person. Yeah, but like his persona as King Diamond, like you, you see his album cover and it's him with like the white makeup and he has like the crosses on his face. And like, he's, he's such a, um, like a persona in the same way that like, you know, uh, Slipknot has their masks or uh, Mudvayne also has masks, but then started doing the face paint, things like that. Yeah. Like it's a very big metal staple to have some kind of, I, I hesitate to say gimmick, but some kind of discerning feature. Yes. 
Um, very, very presentational. Yeah. Um, and so, like, I feel like when you are talking about King Diamond, you always have to feel, I always feel like I have to talk about him as the persona. Because, like, he's such yes. a chill-ass dude. Like, oh, you yeah. see interviews with him, and he's just like, yeah, you know, like, I'm, I'm just a Satanist, but, like, I, don't, I mean it in, like... Not like, oh, man, I'm going to sacrifice some goats. But just like if you read the Satanist Bible, like, you know, there's some good tenants in there. I think it's really cool. Right. Like uh, the his real name is Kim Bendix Peterson. And I feel like, yes, you're definitely not talking about Peterson. You're talking about King Diamond, like the, right. the concept itself, the idea. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which I guess since I mentioned those other bands, uh, I want to talk about the music a little bit. Yeah. Um, in that, like. I I can in hearing this album I can hear a bunch of different bands who took uh who took kind of their their sound a little bit from King Diamond like I can hear a bit of Slayer in there I can hear a bit of King or not King Diamond I can hear a bit of uh Dragon Force which I think is most akin to your like F0 music Yeah I um, when you the second you were sliding into th- things you feel were kind of influenced by King Diamond sound Dragon Force was the first band that popped into my head Oh like, yeah they, they play fast Hell yeah um and they're dope um yeah. I think also like um Three Inches of Blood, which uh, is a more, they're a more contemporary band. I, and they even have the like falsetto fee, uh, sound to them. Um, I think the the main difference between King Diamond and, and three, three Inches of Blood is that like King Diamond is horror themed, whereas they are medieval themed. So all of their stuff is about like knights and, and, and people fighting for glory or whatever. Okay. Um, but like, you would imagine that the lead singer um, from or King Diamond himself jumped out from his genre and just started doing Three Inches of Blood because um, they have the same exact sounds, just different genre of music. Interesting. Yeah. I'm not familiar with Three Inches of Blood. Um, you might like them. if you. It, I think if you specifically like the falsetto sound, then you'd like Three Inches of Blood. If you don't, then you won't. Um, I think I only like one song of theirs and it's Deadly Sinners. Um, I'm not a big falsetto guy, so it took me a couple listens of this album to really like get past that piece. Yeah. Um, I think the instrumentation on it is very good. Um, which like, so for me, it feels like two separate albums. Like it feels like, um, it feels like the band is doing their own thing and King Diamond is doing his own thing. And then they both came together and just like matched up the two albums. Interesting. Yeah. Like, okay. Can you think of examples? Um, I would say specifically, um, yeah. So I would say like specifically invisible guests, like is nothing. It's, it's mostly, um, it's mostly just like crazy riffs um and then you get you get um the the narrative pieces but like it starts out with just like and then he like jumps in and does his thing and like it happens a lot throughout the album where like you'll get all the the crazy fun riffs and solos and then like king diamond will jump in he'll tell his story and then we'll go back to like crazy riffs and solos um so like i i feel like and i'm sure that like King Diamond worked with them and was like, let's, let's instrument these together. 
<laughs> right, like it is his band. Yeah, <laughs> no, it's not like it's not like they were guns for hire. He's like write something. <laughs> I'll just I'll figure out where I go. Just write something. Yeah, I mean, I just I feel like with the way that the the narrative goes, it 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 feels like, um, it feels like he is doing this passion project and is like, here are the pieces that I want to implement. And the uh, the rest, guys, do whatever you want to do. And so, like, they probably work together in that aspect in that he's like, here's where I'm going to put the vocals. And then um, they're like, all right, great. Can I do a guitar solo here? And then he's like, yeah, do whatever you want. <laughs> and then uh, the other guy was like, yo, I really want to go crazy on the drums. And he's like, oh, that sounds good. Sounds like Axl Rose. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's what King Diamond sounds like. Is just not? Is that not what he sounds like? I don't, I don't <laughs> think that's what he sounds like. Okay, fine. I'll be I'll be King Diamond when he's interviewing. Yeah, you know, I think it sounds good. Um, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I think you're really good on the on the on the guitar. So, like, yeah, do that. Um, I can't do a Dutch accent, which I believe he's from. Yeah, he's from Denmark. I think he's Danish. Yeah. He's Danish. So, uh, and I don't even, I won't even try because it seems like anything I do will be offensive. So I'm just going to go vaguely British. Um, and be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I like your guitars. Yeah. Do that, do that um, when he's, when he's given a note in the studio and he's going in for another take and he's like, all right, we're going to, we're going to take it from this part. And then he goes right into the falsetto. Right. Of course. Yeah. Do that. Yeah. Do that so part. he'd be like, yeah, yeah, I think, I think we're going to go up and then we're going to do the drum part again. All right. Sounds great. Yeah. Yeah, that was really good. I thought it was really, uh, yeah, I really dug that. Um, I mean, I think we're going to go uh, B minus and then C flat. And then I think we're going to do a little bit of uh, a leitmotif back in the, from, from, uh, from out from the asylum, all right? We're going to do that. Ah, yeah, Grandma took the tea. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, did you get that? You want press and record? I like all right, sounds good. the one there's no falsetto on. <laughs> I also really like that your King Diamond is just an Axl Rose and also an Ozzy Osbourne. <laughs> yeah, that's what he. Well, technically, the I was choosing the late like I was choosing to take a motif from uh, out from the asylum. So they just take a little piece of music and then implement it later. So that was the note. Ah, yeah. So. Um, you know, because if you're going to do a concept album, you have to make sure that it is it feels complete musically in addition to narratively. Motifs. Uh, so, yeah, you have to kind of bring back. If you can, uh, you want each of the individual characters to have their own kind of theme, even if it's very light. Uh, so that when, when it's their time to shine, you can really play that up. Right. John Williams is the master at this. He's really good at that. He's really great. Uh, I know that what I'm saying sounds facetious, but it's true. It really is. Yes, the, the tone <laughs> might throw you, but no, this is actually very valid insight. <laughs> um, yeah, I have a I have, I have a tone problem. <laughs> yeah, um, a lot of people say that my tone is sometimes dissonant from my true meaning. You know, like sometimes I'm being super sincere, and I'm and they're like, it sounds like you're being facetious, and I'm like, this is just how I share feelings. <laughs> Fuck face. <laughs> uh, yeah, 
That's how that works. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I uh, I really dug the sound. Like this is like King Diamond is something that I think that I would be able to like work out to or just like jam on while I'm riding in my car or something to that effect. Um, Cause like it does hearken to a lot of other bands that I currently listen to. Yeah. Um, I think that if I could get the instrumental version, I think that would be my preference mostly because I literally can't take falsetto. Yeah. Like it, it, it's, it, there's something about, I think that I have the same like block for falsetto that you have for anime and that like I, I, I like there's a barrier of entry like I get used to it over time but like I it, it's hard for me to like get dig into for the first time it's interesting it doesn't bother me on this album I'm not really I, I've never been like a huge metalhead okay like, like in high school uh my buddy James was like always like big 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 metalhead so I kind of I was exposed to it through him yeah but a lot of the bands he listened to was just was not my cup of tea it was just way too thrashy and he listened to the like scream like blah, 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 that stuff yeah and I never that never really did it for me okay um but I didn't listen to too many other bands that had the same sound I'm a little surprised honestly that it never bugged me like when I first got into this album uh but I think it's it's just so part of the persona mm-hmm. to me. And I'm really like, I'm a big fan of the pageantry of it. Cause like the dude, like really like he, he dread, like if you, if you've never seen what King diamond looks like, go Google it. But um, if you, if you can't like Google safe, like if you're driving, don't Google right now, that's unsafe. It's a poor yeah. decision. Um, but it's kind of like, if you know, like I'm not a big wrestling guy either, but I remember the ones who were super big when I was a kid, yeah. like, you know, sting mm-hmm. the wrestler with like the black and white face paint a little bit like that. But I think yeah, yeah with, with like some crosses yeah. or, if, you know, crow like, yeah, or the, the crow. crow. Yeah, 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 yeah. Of course the crow. I feel like, yes, uh, between, between professional wrestling and the crow, I feel like everybody now has something that they can appreciate. Yeah. Um, but like on stage, he, he really like plays up the pageantry. He, uh, uses a, a microphone handle that's made out of a femur bone and a tibia bone in the shape of a cross. Uh-huh. And for the longest time, he would use a human skull on stage as a prop, and he called the skull Melissa. But <laughs> in the 80s, somebody stole Melissa. So he doesn't, he doesn't Why would you anymore. do that? I don't know, man. Somebody just really didn't appreciate that the Satanist had a little skull buddy and wanted to take the little skull buddy away. I mean, or they were just like, this will be my piece of King Diamond forever. Yeah, like maybe another Satanist stole like a rival Satanist to use in a ritual. That's true. Um, I mean, I really appreciate, like, you can hear how much fun he's having in the music. And I think that that is something I I can appreciate because it it does to me, I think I said this earlier, or maybe I just thought it, but like, it does really feel like his own passion project. Like, it feels like something he is, he's, always wanted to do or something he just loves doing isn't there a bizarre like considering how demonic it is it's like it's gleefully demonic and there's almost like an aw shucks let's put on a show vibe yeah to the entire thing like in the way you're describing because it does seem like he's having such a good time telling this really fucked up story right right yeah um like i feel like if someone were to you know i mean you know guys hollywood is all about uh you know adapting things oh, if someone were to this. try to adapt like a king diamond album like it would be super easy yeah um because like one the story literally tells itself mm-hmm. um but like two like if you're looking to do like a rock opera like this is the way to do it like there's already an operatic feel to it 
uh, you already have your characters. You already have um, most of the like lyrics. You just need to, if you wanted to sparse in some like dialogue, um, then you can just pick and choose what will be your like. There'd have to be like an animal sidekick, right? To of get course. it made. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It would have to be in space. Like it would have to be super high budget too. What it though? Like it would have to. Oh, to get it to get it made. Like yeah, you'd have to go either super super low budget, which is more likely. But I want to shoot high, and we do like super like we try and four wall it. Okay. And it's like um, like put Winnie the Pooh in it or some shit. Mm. Like that's like imagine if Christopher Robin was kind of like them. Right, but instead of the grandmother coming home and wreaking havoc, uh, Christopher Robin comes back to Wonderland, and the the denizens of the Hundred Acre Wood are like them, and they like descend upon Christopher Robin, and they're like, didn't he didn't he have a wife in the Christopher Robin movie? Isn't it like Probably. Haley Atwell? Like sure. so the wife so the wife is there, and they like bloodlet the wife to make the tea, mm-hmm. and they draw Christopher Robin further and further in. That's what you got to do, man. You got to like brand it. You got to like put something like a recognizable thing we can sell. You got to make it yeah. for. million and then it has to make $1 billion. So imagine like Winnie the Pooh bloodletting Christopher Robin's wife to put in like to some honey or some shit and he like feeds it to him and whatnot and like Christopher Robin's eyes glaze over and he's just like laughing and he's listening to everybody's stories like Owl is telling stories and shit and Christopher Robin's just rocking back and forth. This is big grin on his face and he's so disconnected from everything he doesn't even care that they're bleeding out his wife for the honey i mean one that'd be the easiest paycheck that Haley atwell ever made um but also yeah i mean i could i could even i can see it now like tigger's jumping in there he'll like bounce and be like i time for the tea yep <laughs> yep that's how he does talks right yeah I, pretty close yeah i'm sure yeah yeah, yeah. your tigger uh, is pretty spot on oh uh, great I move over actor who plays Tigger. <laughs> <laughs> I guess isn't it Jim Cummings? Yes. <laughs> I just couldn't remember. You're move so- over Jim Cummings. <laughs> More like Jim going. <laughs> oh jeez. Um <laughs> I mean I could also imagine it uh so I want to say about a decade ago, um, uh, Green Day turned their American Idiot album into oh, like into a, a full blown stage musical. musical. Yeah. yeah, so I could even see it being something as that. So like, if you're not gonna go high budget, uh, Christopher Robin style, you can go like stage play. It'll be super easy. You just get the you just get the inside of the house take uh, done, and then if you need to, you get the exterior of the house to just like. Is wheel in yeah, and you close just need in. a tiny bit. Like yeah. you need the house will take up most of the the set will be the house, and then you right. have just enough off to like stage right maybe, um, and that's your outside. Like just enough to create atmosphere for the duration of the show, yeah. And then to have the actor playing king just have somewhere to go and collapse, right? And then you can sort of hopefully you can kind of slide over ever so slightly at the end of the show, like you can slide the house a little mm-hmm. further over to its side of the stage so you can kind of focus more on the outside when he's talking to like uh the police and dr landau <laughs> yes yeah right um, all right but yeah you could build you could do the house you ha- you need to have like really cool production design and then you'd have to the, the hard thing that would be figuring out all of the like all the gags like getting the teapots to rise um and getting like how do you how do you sort of uh uh depict the spirits like how do you depict them Ooh. I mean, I feel like you would do kind of the 
the black suit method in that like you have people in full black suits kind of lifting the things and then as as like they start drinking the tea maybe like they rip off the black suits and they're like full-blown people oh you right. know I like something it. like that i like it um so then and you, you could have the you could have the, the chairs on like basically like some type of wire some type of like strong wire that is hopefully kind of uh, uh translucent perhaps i don't really know how you do the chairs because you'd have to make it like like everybody's kind of floating around and shit and the teapots floating around. It's like in uh, Mary Poppins where they're doing like the laughter, right? Where the laughter makes everybody float up off the ground. Yeah. It's kind of like that. Okay. I mean, I think you could still do like people like, like the way that they do uh, the, the like chair lift in weddings. Um, oh, you do it with like just the, the suit, like the blackout suits. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's just like that. Yeah. Um, actually that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. yeah. And then you shoot it like, yeah, you shoot the like blacklight looking thing. Mm hmm. All right. Yeah, I think we're we're already knee deep in making this thing. Pretty, yeah, we're committed now. Yeah, um, you know, because we we have the stage setting. We have like we just need like to figure out the lighting. We need to figure out like who's gonna play our King Diamond. Maybe it'll be him. Maybe it'll be like you I don't think, know, right? Ewan McGregor. Oh my God! If we could get Ewan McGregor, that'd be amazing. Do you think you McGregor can wail like this? That dude could do anything. Yeah, I believe in him. We're gonna get Ewan McGregor. And then we're going to put Winnie the Pooh in it as well. Yeah. Winnie the Pooh is going to be uh, the grandma. Ooh, I'm into it. Isn't that also Jim Cummings? <laughs> also Jim Cummings, yes. Oh. No, I still like I still like it if it's the grandma. Uh, the grandma's the grandma, but like uh, everybody else, the demons and the spirits and stuff for the 100 Acre Wood denizens. Yeah. Well, doesn't actually. Um, I think I had read that King Diamond has a lady who plays grandma uh for for like concerts uh so i feel like we could also just get that lady yeah if um, she's if she's still alive we definitely we should we should reach out to her i mean who are I her think people so. i mean well no i think there's currently like a lady who does it when he like does con- uh concerts so like there's a, a rotation of like grandma um so we'll get her uh, well, i think we want to do we got to get the original grandma Oh, we could. We don't. Okay. We don't want like you know, like the, the only the kind of regional tour grandma. We want right, like, right, right. The, the original kind of international, renowned, no substitutes. It is butter, grandma. <laughs> it's true because original grandma's smooth as fuck. Oh man, she's the smoothest. Um, and then I mean, let's see, Darren Chris. He just won an Emmy, I think, or, or he's good. He he's he's good at stuff. So like we can get him to if we can't get Ewan McGregor, we can get that guy. I'm sure he's trying to get that egot. You know what I'm saying? So we gotta we gotta use this as egot bait. Yeah. 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 Yeah, bro. This is totally gonna win an Emmy. And it's gonna win a Tony, a Grammy, an Oscar, and a Tony. Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, the the album I think won a Grammy. Not gra- no, this this album didn't. But not, win a not the original cast album uh, musical. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. No, not yeah. not our not our fucking album. Uh, so it's got to win. That's gonna win a Grammy. Mm-hmm. Uh, the show's gonna win a Tony. Yeah. Uh, the the televised live musical that oh, they inevitably yes. do is gonna win the Emmy, and then uh, I guess they'll do a big screen. What's the guy who did uh, Les Mis? Was his name Tom Hooper? Mm-hmm. Will do the big uh, Oscar bait. Ooh. Movie adaptation, which yeah. will win the Academy Award. Also starring Russell Crowe. Russell Crowe will be Amon. Uh, oh, I like <laughs> I, I like to imagine him as as king, like doing all the wailing. Ooh. I mean, 
I think it would sound the same to me. <laughs> I don't think it would be necessarily, I don't think it would sound exactly like King Diamond does, but I want to see it. <laughs> I mean, I was thinking we'd just bring back Hugh Jackman to be King Diamond in that, that case. That would be really good. So like, yeah. We, we just, we cast it with everybody from Les Mis. Of course. That we can, Eddie Redmayne is them. Yeah. All of them. Um, <laughs> yes. And then. Uh, and Hathaway can be Missy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because uh, she's got to die. And Russell Crowe is, uh, who's Russell Crowe? Russell Crowe's Amon. Oh, he's yeah, Amon or like the grandma. Yeah. Right. I would yeah. watch Russell Crowe's the, the grandma. Look at the I wig. would be down for. Like the wolf in Little Red Riding Hood. Mm-hmm. Like it's clearly just Russell Crowe in a wig. <laughs> like they barely try an old lady him up. Oh, yeah. Really. Yeah, and, yeah. He's, and he still nails it. Yeah. He kills oh, it. Pretty, I was like, he wins. He wins for best supporting. Right, of course. Yeah. 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 And, and then, Best supporting uh, actress. He like takes it. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, who's the, the mother can be like, wasn't Helena Bonham Carter was in that, right? In She's Miz? in all of things. Yes. She's right? in all of things. She was wasn't wasn't she the Madame Thénardier? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She was She's okay. Master of the house with yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, with uh, Sasha, Sasha Baron, Baron Cohen. Cohen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so she can be she can be mother. Yeah, yeah. I'm into it. Um, I mean though. She's just there to be bled, and she'd just eat those scenes up. Like, she, no one could focus on anything <laughs> like, else, because she'd be like, yeah. She'd blood. be like, oh, drink every drop of it until you are full. Drink <laughs> oh, <my> me. <laughs> They're like, ma'am, you're supposed to be silent. You're supposed to be losing. You're supposed to be getting weaker. And she's like, I am weak, weak as the days that are seven. <laughs> and you're like, ma'am. <laughs> <laughs> We couldn't control him. Since so she just started doing Harry Potter quotes, she just kept yelling, I, I killed, killed Sirius, Sirius Black. Black. <laughs> uh, uh, yep. Perfect movie. It's Perfect really casting. Good. It's really good. It's really good. And they just don't, it feels like they just let her go and they didn't cut any of it. Nope, not at all. You thought it was starring uh, Hugh Jackman and Russell Crowe, but it <laughs> no, turns out she's, she's got the, the most star. screen time in this movie. <laughs> Her scenes are these twenty-minute monologues. <laughs> Well, they're bleeding her, and Hugh Jackman and Russell Crowe just look more and more impatient. <laughs> and at a certain point, it's clear they realize that no cut is forthcoming, <laughs> and they just start to look bored. <laughs> and then it cuts, and suddenly they're back in it because they shot that stuff earlier. <laughs> Um, I was gonna talk about other bands and, and things. <laughs> um, because uh, you know, uh, metal is uh, it, metal is very renowned for for concept albums and things of that sort. Um, uh, you were talking about how you weren't big on metal kind of growing up not like i disliked it it's no, just i never like, it wasn't my scene especially yeah. there were a few like I, I i got into metallica a bit for a while and there were a couple other bands but for the most part like it was not really a scene i was part of yeah and i think that like one it's it's hard to get into the like not into the metal scene like there's a bouncer or anything but like i i specifically also wasn't a big fan of like the thrashy screamy stuff you know like do you know what it is for me i think and this is also like big difference between that and king diamond uh a lot of the thrashy screamy stuff feels so genuinely angry yeah to me that even when i did feel genuinely angry it's like i don't necessarily want to feed that it doesn't feel like it's personally helping me vent what i need to vent yeah and 
if anything, it's just sort of compounding it. Like I don't need to feed it anymore. Yeah. So that was always a bit of a, a sort of a barricade to entry for me. Whereas King Diamond, I think you can get a lot of the same, you know, it, it's about as fucking metal as metal gets. Yeah. But it feels gleeful by comparison. It feels right. fun and it feels like the kind of let's put on a show ethos that I was kind of talking about earlier. Yeah. Like so much more accessible for that to mm -hmm. me. Yeah, I mean, I think that I, yeah, I agree because like a lot of metal, especially like you bring up Metallica was very much about just being like ragey at, at some system or at something. And it's a lot of like screaming and, 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 and like Metallica itself has a lot more of a met melodic sound than like, let's say um, like an OTEP or even like a uh, Mastodon or something like that, where it's a lot of just like, right. Which um, I feel like I have a general rule that if I can't understand the words, then I don't want to waste my time. Um, not like it is less valid, but like I like to be able to resonate with the music I listen to. And so like, if I can't understand, if I have to look up what you're saying to try to get it. And sometimes like, for example, I used, I listened to this band called Avenged Sevenfold. Mm -hmm. Their first album sounding the seventh trumpet was very like, um, throat groany. And like the lyrics were great when I looked them up, but like, I couldn't get into it just because like, I need to be able to resonate with what's being said without like, having to double listen and like as the lead singer got um had to have throat surgery he ended up ha having a more melodic sound and you you kind of understood him more and he started singing a bit more which essentially like elevated the band itself and made them a lot it made them stand out from a bunch of other bands which like people felt like they were more uh derivative of and gave them their own unique sound um, and so like, that's what I really enjoy in terms of like my metal bands is being able to like one sing along cause I ain't got the throat for that shit. Mm -hmm. Um, but two also like, I feel like you can convey a lot more, uh, em a lot more precise emotion when you can hear the, the sounds and you can, f the emotions are put into words. Whereas like when it's that raw guttural emotion that you get from a lot of like black metal and um, like screamo things of that sort. Um, it's a lot like it's, it's, you could try to like sing along or you could try to like feel the same thing, but it's a lot of energy and it's a lot of just like uh, it's too raw of an emotion for me. Yeah. And it always felt to me like it, some of what I heard that I didn't quite click with felt like it just took all of it very seriously. Yeah. And I, how, I don't know how seriously you could take it. Like you're, you're venting something, I guess that's legitimate, right. In a legitimate valid way. Um, but like, <laughs> like you're doing the Batman. Yeah. Essentially you're doing like the Christian Bale Batman voice throughout your entire catalog of music. So how deadly serious can you possibly take it again? Part of why it's easy for me to gravitate towards somebody like King Diamond who's so clearly like, I mean, yeah, he really is a Satanist. Um, but he, uh, does clearly it's, it's a show. It's, right. it's pageantry. He doesn't take it all too seriously. And there is that sense of fun to it, which is way more again, like to me personally, way more appealing. Like I get, I get mad about stuff 
I go, I go through my phases like anybody else, but I don't know that I've ever felt that that type of anger that would be soothed or aided by like uh, s- slamming guitar sounds and Christian Bale Batman voice for right. for an hour at a time. Yeah, and even from a technical standpoint, a lot of uh, I, I don't I I don't want the audience to think that I'm just bashing like uh, thrashy throat metal or anything, but like. Uh, yeah, you were talking about how there's a theatricality to King Diamond. And like that, I think, is where ultimately a lot of these bands get to. Like I was watching um, uh, I was watching a, a video about uh, different metal bands getting um, vocal lessons because a lot of these bands, especially when they're coming up, they try to harness this like raw emotion and they just like scream their voices out and end up essentially losing the the one thing that they have as a like a vocalist which is their instrument right. and so like the um the instructor or the the person who's doing the vocal therapy was talking about how like you have to you you can't rely on that raw emotion you have to like feel the feelings as if you're in a play like you have to feel it as if you are not necessarily fabricating it but like you're your vocal range increases if you can essentially play it like an instrument as opposed to just essentially blasting the air out and trying to get that across. Right, you have to sort of act the song, as right. it were. Yeah. Yeah. So that was that. Oh, that was the whole... That was the whole thing. Oh, I didn't realize that was it. Yeah. I thought this was leading to something. I mean, that was... I was... I was like adding to what you were saying. Oh no, that's a, that's a good point. I don't mean to like shut you down that hard. No, it's cool. I feel like hey, I shut you down super hard. How just dare now. you? Whoops. You're, you meanie. Sorry. What a what a meanie. Weenie. No, but I agree. That's that's absolutely true. And again, like there is so much performance on this album because he's playing uh, effectively everybody. Right. Like he's doing all. He's he's king. Uh, both anytime you 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 quote unquote hear him speak but also of course the big falsetto sort of uh, first person narrator voice over the whole thing yeah um he plays the grandma he plays missy he i don't does the mother ever speak i think he just talks about how mother's uh, getting weaker a lot right um but yeah it's all him all him playing different characters but everybody's got a different voice mm-hmm. um and there's just so much yeah there's just so much like so much theatricality to it. We do. We need to. We need to develop this as a stage show because now I need to see what that house looks like, like fully, fully uh, production designed, yeah. up in a stage space with the lighting, the whole deal. I mean, I feel like it would. Like speaking of Helen Bonner, blah blah blah, Carter. Um, That's her name. Yep. Yeah, uh, I feel like it would have a very Tim Burton esque feel to it. Like I definitely feel like it would be oddly slanted. It would be very like. Um, creaky wood-esque interior with like mold everywhere and cobwebs and shit. Oh, but it's like, see, like it, the house is on the album cover and you can see like it's a multi-story house and then there's like that little, that tower room in the attic with the light on. Yeah. So you could kind of do this. You could do, uh, I don't, it wouldn't be to scale unless you had a giant theater space, but you could do kind of a small, like either corner it off or have like a, a house that sort of opens up that isn't fully to scale. Yeah. Uh, but gets enough of the idea across has enough, like the three, the two floors and then the attic sort of it's its own kind of space at the top of the set. Yeah. And you just have the thing kind of open like a book. Mm-hmm. And then close as necessary. Yeah, it'd be very expensive, but it'd be very cool. I mean, yeah, 
I think we we I mean we can get Lin well on this, uh, and then I mean once we got that name, like the money will just start raining in. You know what I'm saying? Uh, does he want to play King? I'm sure he does. Is that uh, that'd be? And, and you know what? If if he's uh, hesitant because he's not really a falsetto guy, uh, just do the whole thing as raps. Just write. Just do an adaptation, an all hip hop adaptation yeah. of them. I which, mean, that would be dope. Yeah, and he also like he wrote the songs to Moana, so like none of those were rappy, I guess, except for "You're Welcome." But like you know. He's got he's got the I know he's got composition. He's got a ton of ton of range. I know. I don't mean to pigeonhole him as one thing, but now I desperately want a hip hop adaptation of them. Oh, I mean, then we got we got to hit up Lin Manuel, bro. Mm -hmm. I mean, he what's he doing right now? Promoting Mary Poppins, doing more uh, more high scale movies. You know, he's not busy, right? He's not busy. He's not doing anything. He's just chilling out. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. If not him, then I don't know, Alan Mankin. He just Yes, Alan Mankin. Yeah. Alan 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 Mankin. <laughs> <laughs> um I mean I mean my my first choice is actually um oh, fuck, I forget his name. But he did the Frank something or other. He did uh, Doctor Jekyll Mr. Hyde. The Broadway musical? Yes. Jekyll and Hyde? Yes. David Hasselhoff. Okay. <laughs> All right. Frank Wildhorn. That's what it is. Frank, Frank Wildhorn. So, yeah. I mean, my my top pick would be Frank Wildhorn. Frank Who did Wildhorn. Uh, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. I think he also did the Scarlet Pimpernel. Pumpernel? Pimpernel? Pimpernel? Pin and Teller. Scarlet Pin and Teller. Scarlet Pin and Teller. Yep. That's, uh, that's him. He did the Scarlet Pin and Teller. Uh, what else did he do? He also did Dracula Das Musical. <laughs> <laughs> das Musicals. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, so that would be my top pick. Okay. Um, <laughs> the team that brought you Dracula Das, das Musical. musical. <laughs> Uh, I mean, yeah. If it, if you can't have a guy who's the Dracula Das musical, which you know is perfect for a, a uh, album made by a Satanist, yeah, like totally, yeah, it's a, same genre, right? Uh, it's a match made in hell. Yeah, coming this fall from the team that brought you Dracula Das musical. <laughs> it's them <laughs> from the album by King Diamond. <laughs> she grandma in all of her glory she she king diamond and missy Ooh, what happens to missy find out on the road coming to a theater near you the teacups will float <laughs> she all float here copyright pattern spinzings <laughs> We are going to get Helena Bonham Carter to play this on the tour. Oh, she's not doing skinny things. <laughs> where, where am I from? I'm sorry, I'm sorry who is this man? <laughs> who? 
the guy who made Jekyll and Hyde <laughs> yes. and Dracula Das Musical. Yes. Who's this? He's Frank Wildhorn. Frank Wildhorn. <laughs> Why do you hate him? <laughs> Frank Wildhorn. <laughs> Frank Wildhorn. <laughs> he steeds a scarlet pimples now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Artis Excalibur, that's a musical. <laughs> Barney, Barney, that's a musical. Hurts me, this hurts me so much. <laughs> Oh, jeez. So we'll get him. <laughs> yeah. He's sold. He's listening. He's like, wow, they're clearly big fans. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. I think he I think he also did. I think he also did the death, like the American version of the Death Note musical. But don't quote me on that. I'm not looking it up. Don't quote me. <laughs> don't just, at me. We just lost him. <laughs> He's like, I, you, you don't know me and you know nothing of my work. <laughs> I just realized I am offended. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, long story short, <laughs> I, I think this would be great as a musical. I would, abs- I would love to see this. Yes, and the whole album is under 50 minutes. So you could do, depending on the energy of your cast, you could do like, we well, could do two shows in a day for sure. Yeah, probably. Like you could definitely do two shows in a day with your full cast. They'd have to very, like King would have to be on full vocal rest every other moment of his life. Yeah. So you could do multiple shows a day because it's, yeah, it's under an hour. People, you know, it's not like it's a three hour show with an intermission in the middle, right? Like that's a lot of time to pay a babysitter for, for I a mean, lot of people who want to go out and see it. So it's one, it's like a one hour show, no intermission. You just like go in, sit 40 eight minutes later or whatever everybody goes out being like what the fuck what was that that was a lot it was so good they fucking chopped up that little girl what <laughs> honey let's go home and chop up the kids <laughs> and then you know like after that get in another crowd yeah. Show. yeah yeah and then everybody actually's got to go home and rest and stuff because i bet I it's going to be very physically taxing probably i mean i actually imagine it being like a two-hour play um or, or you want to pat it out well, a little bit. With additional I mean, songs? Because you got to be like, who is King Diamond? Who Who is Missy? Like, where? what's their story? Why was the grandmother in the asylum? You know, you really got to you gotta fill these in. Got to give these, make these stories uh, really, really uh, resonate with your audience. You, who, like, who arcs in this? Does anyone arc? I mean, most people end up dead by the end. Uh, King King arcs, I think, a little bit. Does he? Because he's he's relatively innocent at the beginning of the story. Yeah, and then he sort of falls prey to the machinations of the grandmother and them, and like so so much so that when when Missy tries to snap him out of it because Missy's concerned about the fact that that they're like bleeding their mother dry, um, he's like, okay, yeah, 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 I'm starting to blah blah blah, whatever, and so she hands him the phone. Because she thinks he's starting to snap out of it. And not only does he not call for help, he like cuts the cord. So he's fully succumbed to it. And at a certain point, he he snaps out of it. Uh, and he has to sort of turn on the grandma. Like once Missy gets all chopped up, thrown into the fire, he runs outside. The spell is, is lessened. And then he goes in and he pulls his grandma outside. And I guess he like rips out her throat with his teeth. Yeah. That's kind of the vibe I got. Um, but he's, he's sort of he's sort of arcs. He's got like a... a 
not a hero's journey necessarily, <laughs> but he's yeah, he's got a little journey he goes on. Right. He's changed by the end. Yeah. I mean, all right. Well, how far in do we uh, kill his son? And then how far in do we make him duel his greatest best friend? What is this reference? <laughs> it's it's definitely not a Hamilton reference. It's oh, all right. I got it. Got it. Got it. Got definitely it. not that. How do we? How do we? How how do we make King? Where, so we need to add a, a best friend character that eventually turns into his greatest enemy. Your best friend slash sidekick. Uh, yeah. Right. Of course. Um, it'll be the animal sidekick. <laughs> he ends up dueling <laughs> this animal yes! sidekick. It's like a, it's, it's like a wallaby. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it'll be a wallaby because somebody's somebody on the writing staff, like developing the new material, the ancillary material when they're going to prepare the book for the show, was a really big like early '90s Nickelodeon fan <laughs> and really misses Rocco and like really wanted to throw a wallaby into the story. Ooh. A satanic wallaby. Yeah, of course. You know. Um... Do you imagine that being a person in a wallaby suit, or do you, do we actually get a real wallaby to, to like be on this stage every day? So I think what we're gonna do in a world where they could do like the Tupac hologram, yeah, I think what we're gonna do is we're gonna have a CG character, like a oh, okay. CG, uh, like Kevin Hart can be the voice, yeah. Um, it'll be a CG character, but projected via hologram seamlessly onto the stage, okay. so it will seem like there's an actual like. You know, obviously realized through computer and probably some motion capture, yeah. but a real wallaby speaking English, like interacting with our protagonist yeah. on stage. Yeah, 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 totally. Like a Hatsune Miku kind of situation. Yeah, just like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> it's a it's a hologram, like, or it is a uh, hologram idol in Japan. Um, all the nerds out there know exactly what I'm talking about. Right, guys? Hatsune Miku, so hot today, Miku. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. Um, all right, I think we. I have to wrap it up now. How do we fund this? Um, all right, guys. Uh, you got to go out and sleep with a bunch of little old ladies. Um. All right. I mean, experience makes a, gr- a greater experience they say um so i'm into it uh is this for money or am i just doing that is that, is that just- <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> right you come back to me and i'm like all right where are all the checks and you're like checks <laughs> I, I show you my little black book and i'm like here the checks baby <laughs> it's like you didn't get checks you're, you're like no and I, was, I was i go like what do you what were you doing that for? You you did so many of those. What, what were you doing it for then, if not for the money? And you like four? Yeah, four. What four? <laughs> right. What four? What four is there, bitch? I love it. This <laughs> is who I am. Yeah. Don't kink shame me. Uh, don't <laughs> at me. Ah, uh, jeez. Uh, um. Yeah, guys. Uh, follow our Patreon. It, no, I guess we'd have to do a GoFundMe, guys. Fund our GoFundMe. We're in our first stage of funding for the King Diamond, the musical. Um, I mean, most of the funds will go towards buying the rights. The next bit of funds will go towards uh, stage production. Um, The next stage will go towards paying our salaries while we write the musical. And then the next stage will go towards uh, securing a venue. 
All right, guys. Uh, cool. But thanks, if you, if anybody, if anybody knows how to reach King Diamond directly and wants to let us know so we can pitch him our idea or wants to let him know that this is our idea, don't take credit. Don't be rude. Copyright. Yeah, uh, this, uh, this, this adaptation concept. Uh, can we, we can't copyright this concept. I mean, it's not all ours. Right, all right. Uh, patent pending. Register patent trademark. Pe- yes, of this adaptation, uh, stage musical adaptation of King Diamond's Them, patent pending. Uh, Lexantari. Yeah, as far as you know, we've submitted something to the WGA. Yes, as far as you know. So let King Diamond know that that we're looking to we're looking to partner up. Yeah, totally. And he'll Kim, be like, I'm ready. Kim Bendix Peterson. Ah, <laughs> uh, jeez. Um. Well, Lex, thank you for introducing this to me. Thank you for introducing this to our audience. I'm sure that they got quite the kick out of listening to it and also listening to us be idiots. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> So you uh, uh, you did say though this is something you could actually potentially see yourself listening to uh, more in the future. You just you, even though you're not necessarily about the falsetto necessarily. Right. Yeah. Um, I think I could definitely get past the falsetto and and really like dig into the music. Like I'm a very big like music riff dude. Um, that you give me you give me some sweet guitars and I'm all about it. Um, especially because it's so so similar to the stuff I already listen to. It's not a very big jumping off point. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah, I think that like this album being in my, my MP3 player, which I have, uh, which is separate from my phone. Yeah, guys, old school. Uh, I think if, if, it, if a King Diamond song came up, I'd be like, fuck yeah, treadmill time. Um, which is how I respond to good songs. Fuck yeah, treadmill time. Yeah, you know. I would say uh, from here, like if you if you feel like you this might kind of be a vibe you can get into, I'd recommend obviously Abigail would be his other kind of biggest album. Like that's the one when you kind of search him on Apple Music. Essential album is fucking is Abigail. So yeah. that's where I would point you next. Yeah. So Abigail, then them, then the conspiracy, then, then conspiracy. Yes, for the continued adventures of King and. Dr. Landau. Dr. Landau! I really like saying that. <laughs> like that. Oh, man. Um, all right. Well, thank you guys for joining us. Lex Michael, where can the people find you if they're looking to talk more about some King Damn! Uh, be in my room up in the attic, talking Ooh. to the invisible guests, drinking some blood tea. Nice. Um, all right, all over well, social media <laughs> at, at the Lex Michael. Get out of here. Uh, and you can find me at Tari J. That's T A U R I J A Y. Stop nodding at me. <laughs> um, but you can also find the show at Missing Outcast. That's M I S S I N G O U T C A S T on Twitter. Um, and guys, if you're super into something, uh, hit us up on the Missing Out hotline. It is 978-MISS-OUT. That number again is 978-MISS-OUT. And uh, let us know what you're into, and we'll integrate it into our Missing Out Mondays segment. Um, We really want to hear from you. We really want to know what you're into. We really want to share the things that you love with you and other people. Um, So please do that. If you haven't had a chance to do so, make sure to subscribe uh, so that you get this in your feed every Tuesday. And also leave a comment if you love what we're doing. Let people know. uh, That bumps us to the top of the charts and helps other people find us. Because as we've said before, the best 
way to advertise is word of mouth. Um, so please do so. Again, thank you guys for joining us. We really appreciate your support. And I guess we'll see you next week! Ow! We yeah, should just, definitely cut the enti- that entire little bit. Yeah, just, just jump in and correct me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You'd be like, no, you fuck. It's the demons and you're a stupid idiot. And I hate your fucking face. I'll eat your dick. Did you know a turkey puppet once ran for the presidency of Ireland? Did you know that meat once rained from the skies of Kentucky? Did you know that there was an emperor of the United States for a while? Then listen to the Wikiship Down podcast. We live in an age when the sum total of humanity's knowledge can be found in your pocket on a smartphone at any given time. But when that knowledge is pure editable, like it is on Wikipedia, what does that say about mankind? So follow us down the digital rabbit hole as we drink, joke, and curse our way through the random button on Wikipedia and see where our journey through humanity's knowledge takes us. While you're at it, follow us on all social media at Wikiship Down. I'm Ruth Ann. I'm Ryan. And be sure to find us every Wednesday on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, or wherever you listen to podcasts.